Rolling. Welcome to another edition of Steve's Speed Shop, brought to you by Warranty Wise. Your car's out of warranty? Well, what you need to do right now is get yourself to warrantywise.co.uk and they'll give you a quote today. We're also brought to you by West Coast Motorcycles. Lovely, late model Harley-Davidson motorcycles. Find them on Facebook at West Coast Motorcycles. And we're brought to you by Mini Sports. Everything and more for the classic Mini since 1967. Now, most of my guests on Speed Shop are people who are professionally involved in some way with cars and bikes. They create them, they design them, they race them, they restore them. My guest today, uh, Mick Honest, yes, that's his real name, is a, a man who just loves cars. He's a, he's a builder by profession, but I think he's owned more cars than anyone I've ever known or met. So I got him in to talk cars. Here's our chat. So Mick, you've bought one of these Maserati. Is it called the Levant or the Levante? What are we saying? I say Levanta. Levanta? Levanta, because I'm from Lancashire. <laughs> <laughs> Levanta. Well, Watling Street runs right through the town. We're, we're, Mick and I are both from the same town. We hadn't. We met on the internet, even though we're from the same town. And we met because of a, an enthusiasm, an unnatural enthusiasm for unusual motors. But the small town we do come from, just north of Mancium, which is the original Roman name of Manchester, Watling Street, the Roman road, runs straight through it. And because the local council are so uh, tardy when it comes to road repairs, you can actually see the cobbles. <laughs> it's, like, it's like time team, it isn't is. it, sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. The potholes that deep, you can see what the Romans yeah. did. Yeah. So you bought a Maserati Levante. I have. Why? It had to be something four-wheel drive. and It had to be something flash. So... I had a look around and I thought, right, what are the options? Yeah, great. So the a Range Rover, why didn't you buy a Range Rover? If you want a car, if you want an SUV, as the yeah. Americans would call it, if you want a posh 4x4, a Chelsea tractor, Correct. as they're sometimes dubbed, yep. why not a Range Rover? They're fantastic. They are fantastic, but I've had a Range Rover before and I found the service was appalling. Ooh. And it was particularly the dealer that I got it from. Now, I'm going back quite a while, but... That I'd aspired to a Range Rover, wanted a Range Rover, and I wanted the best one that they did. Right, I want to know why first. Why did why did you aspire to a Range Rover? It's just one of those vehicles, isn't it? It's you, one of those yeah, iconic vehicles, yeah, yeah. yeah. You would have thought if you're going to win the lottery, first thing you do is go shopping for a Range Rover. It's just drummed into you that it's like the Queen drives one. You can park it in Knightsbridge or you can park it on a farm. It's the whole situation well, with them, isn't it? Uh, Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, used to drive one. Well. <laughs> <laughs> th- it was so harsh what happened with him, wasn't yeah. it? He sort yeah. of made one mistake in like 70 years of driving, and they went, yeah. oh, oh terrible, yeah. oh, you know, get him off the road. <laughs> See, that was the other thing as well. You feel big, safe, you know, overpowering kind of thing. Can I tell you a Range Rover anecdote before well, we go any further? I, When I was in my mid-twenties, I worked for a publisher, and he had three... This was the mid-90s, yeah. right? He had three cars. He had an Aston Martin V8 Vantage, the old one, the yeah. proper one, yeah. fire engine red with the blanked-off grille, 
and the twin driving lights. Yeah. That's a proper get-out-of-my-way yeah. car, <laughs> the V8 Vantage. He had a BMW 750iO with the V12. Yeah. What a car. Yeah. What an engine. Yeah. I think that series of BMW, a Colispada design, I think, as well, like the E34, yeah. that generation of BMW was better than the equivalent Mercedes, and it's not often you can say that. Yeah. And he had a Range Rover Vogue HSE with the V8. Yeah. And they were all fantastic cars. And I probably did more miles. Because here's the thing. He didn't like driving. He liked cars. Yeah. <laughs> I've met a few people like this. Yeah, I must admit, I'm not overly f- enthusiastic about driving. He liked cars. He loved yeah, cars. I love cars. I love them to bits. And I like. I don't like the idea of having to drive them here and there. Driving is not a passion to me, no matter what it is. I'd never get up and think, right, I'm going for a driving, no matter what I had. I like to go out, look at it, and then go to the pub in it, and then my girlfriend drives it back home again. That that's that's you know, but I still lo- love a nice car. Yeah. So so, I'm in his range, and here was the deal. He'd say to me, um, he worked in Manchester, lived in the Lake District, about hundred miles yeah. north. Beautiful country. No wonder he lived there. It was oh, he lived in Crook, just outside Kendall. Absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous place to live. But I had to get to because you know, yeah. hundred miles from work. So on a Friday, he'd often say to me, Steve, do your deal. You take me home, you can keep the car for the weekend. So yeah. I was like, yeah, done. Because right? <laughs> I'm 25, <laughs> yeah. like 25 years old. And I thought, what's it going to be? Yeah. It was like the lottery. So I'd go outside and have a peek through the window and see what he turned up in that morning. Yeah. And it was usually the Range Rover. Yeah. Right. So I put him with the Range Rover one time, got up there, and then he'd do that thing that guys do. He'd go, I, you know, I'm 25 years old. I want to get back to Manchester and get out. Because yeah. this city back then was buzzing, man. Yeah. It was the mid, you yeah. know, early nineties. Yeah. Oh yeah. So he'd go, "Do you want to come for a pint?" And we'd end up it, and I'd be like, "Yeah," because he was my boss, you know. He's like, "Yeah, okay." So we'd sit there in his local, which was like a mile from his house and ninety-nine miles from my house and from Manchester, where I wanted to be on a Friday night. And so he'd drink while I had like a half or a Coca-Cola, and then I'd set off home in the Range Rover. So it was getting quite late. It was going dark. I was heading for this little bridge on the way back to the motorway. Tiny little sort of stone bridge over this beck in the Lake yeah. District. You can picture the scene. Yeah, yeah. So I'm bombing down there, probably going a little bit too fast, exploiting the V8 engine's <laughs> potential. And in the distance, I can see a car that you often saw in that part of the country, a Subaru Justy. Yep. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember Subarus, yeah. The yep. smallest four-wheel drive car you could get in the UK, right, yep. and hence, very popular. This might sound sexist, but it is true, so I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> Farmers' wives. Yep. If you went anywhere in Britain, rural, mid-Wales, the West Country, Yorkshire, Derbyshire, Subaru Justice, slightly battered Subaru Justice. Yep. So see it, tiny little sort of hatchback shopping car, but four-wheel drive, importantly, coming in the opposite direction. This bridge can only take one vehicle at a time. I'm bombing along yep. thinking... I'm going to get there before her, therefore I have the right way. Plus, might is right. <laughs> Am I wrong? Yep. So I get to the bridge, still thinking, she's going to stop and let me pass because I'm going to get there first. There's only room for one vehicle. And she's in a tiny little Subaru just state and I'm in a fast-moving Range Rover. No. Onto the bridge she comes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking, in a split second, I have to think, right, what do I do? There's only one thing to do. Hit the brakes and pry. I stopped about oh, three or four inches. 
<laughs> I think it would have ridden the Subaru because it was quite a, a bit of a jelly mold type design right. that yeah. the Range Rover would have probably just mounted it yeah. and gone straight yeah. over it. And um, all she did, there was no screaming and shouting. There was there was no road rage. I was my heart was leaping out yeah. of the chest because I thought, blimey, I've nearly killed this poor woman who <laughs> I should have waited. You know, that's what a gentleman would have yeah. done. But I'm no gentleman, as you well know. So. Stopped about three or four inches from her car, and she she went like that on the horn once, yeah. <laughs> and suitably chastised her, backed yeah. it up, and let across. And then as across the bridge, she took the honour, waved at me like it was an everyday thing. Yeah, it probably I was. To she her. was inches from yeah. almost certain death. Yeah. But like you, I think of I thought of the Range Rover in the same way, which yeah. was that if you ever met proper people, you know. In any yeah. sort of country pursuit, yeah. they had a Range Rover, didn't they? they? Did. Yeah. And that's why that fella that I worked for bought a Range Rover because yeah. he wasn't posh, but he sort of took on when he got a bit of money. You know, he had an Aston Martin and yeah. a, a BMW limo. He bought a Range Rover yeah. because that's what you do. So yeah. why didn't you buy one? I have had one. I did buy one before. I had a brand new one, and I was proper. I bought some seat covers, Range Rover seat covers. It was about two hundred quid for a couple of nylon seat covers that I never used that stayed in a packet in the boot. Did you get the uh, umbrella? Uh, yeah, the gold, uh, silver and black umbrella. Yeah, yeah. So I bought it, loved it, and then the Range Rover Sport was coming out. Do you remember the, when they introduced those? And they were yeah. making a two point seven diesel, I think, and they were doing a four point two supercharged. And I thought, oh, the four point two supercharged sounds really smart. I fancy having a go with one of them. And they had enough of the money at the time. The, the then girlfriend needed a new car, so I thought, right, I'll go and get a Range Rover supercharged sport. We'll order one; it'd be great. So Hold on, we've all done this. I've done this. I bought. I once bought my ex-wife a three-litre S Capri. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she still had it. <laughs> Maybe that's why she's my ex-wife. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, Star Miss Silver with yeah. the black watch interior, black yeah. watch tartan interior. Yeah. What a car. Yeah. Right. And here's the Fishnet thing. headrests. Fishnet headrests, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the, the S decals down the side. Yeah, very body and dial. Blacked out chrome. Oh, very much so. Yeah. But here's the thing. She, was, she had a heart set and a Renault Clio. This was in the days of the TV adverts, Papa Nicole. Papa yeah. Nicole. Yeah. Renault Cleos were thought of as very chic, and she yeah. wanted one. Yeah. So I bought this three-litre Capri for Hell's Angel. And parked it out. Did, actually. That's true. But parked it outside the house and didn't tell her that I bought that car. Oh. So she came home and said, somebody's parked a Ford Capri outside our house. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked out the window and went, oh, yeah, who's, who's done that? <laughs> and I went, this is, my kids will... If you meet them, they'll tell you what it was like growing up with me as a dad. But they'll tell you, I went 36 hours on that gag before I admitted that it was, it was our present, car yeah. and that I bought it for her. Um, and she was furious, but within a week, you couldn't get the keys off her. She right. loved that car. Right. She would. The kids told me that sometimes, on the way back from the shops or school, uh, and I did, listen, I did enough of that myself. I, was, there was, I wasn't old school dad, me. I was full 90s new dad. Changing nappies, picking, yeah. taking girls to ballet, picking people up from football practice. On the way back from school, she'd frequently light up the tyres at the traffic light. Yeah. <laughs> if someone challenged her, yeah. she's a good-looking woman, yeah. and she'd be there in this silver three-litre Capri, and these yeah. boy racers would zip up next to her in a Nova or a Fiesta or something yeah. like that, and yeah. she'd just light up the rears to yeah. warn her off. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, change your mind. It's that's losing control in the wet, though, because they were a real handful, weren't they, those, back in the day? They were a handful. She, she's a really good driver. 1.570R13s or something on the tyres, weren't they? That's all they had, isn't it, at the time, yeah. on 13-inch rims. Yeah. You know, when you look back, 13-inch wheels, the only tiny. Car, the only car I've had with a greater tendency to swap ends was a turbo Trans Am. Right. The 5-litre V8 turbo. Right. And the, in the wet, the turbo, would, I mean, it had no power. It was from the dark days of Detroit yeah. when they built giant V8 engines with less horsepower than the average European yeah. hatchback uh, to move these giant cars. But one of the ways that they tried to make that one respectable was to put a turbo on it, which right. meant that... And it came in in such an old-school, sudden, jerky, <laughs> yeah. badly engineered way yeah. that in the wet, the car would just... As soon as that happened, the car would just swap ends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which, when you're driving it around Manchester, yeah. it's wet most it's of like the time, isn't it? Yeah. Like it yeah. is today. <laughs> so you bought... You thought, right, OK, I'm going to get the new supercharged Range Rover Sport. Yeah. I'm going to trade in my black No, Range no, that, that was the point. Oh, you're going to get well, another one? I was going to get one as well. So I went back to the dealer that I bought the Range Rover Vogue from, and it was the best one that you could buy at the time. And I parked it up on the, you know, the, the customer car park, and I wandered in, and they were just sat there on the phone, not doing anything. So I wandered around five, ten minutes or so. Next to this bloke comes off the phone. So I'm like, hi, I'm here, kind of thing. So he said, can I help you? I said, yeah. I said, I'm interested in a Range Rover Sport. He said, we've not got one. I said, I know you've not got one. I said, they're not out yet. I said, I'm just interested. <laughs> I said... Can you give me any details on him? So Are you sure he worked there? He yeah, wasn't just... <laughs> yeah, he had, he had the yeah the full attire and the little gold badge and everything. But he had an attitude which well, he didn't he like, had, he had a, The attitude got worse because he said to me, he said, have you had the Land Rover experience before? So I said, yes, I have. What do you think that is? You just that's, parked that's, it. that's exactly <laughs> I pointed. I said, that's my V8 Vogue over there. Me feeling quite impressed that I had a V8 Vogue. Yeah. And he said, and I quote, he said, we don't want that thing back. And it was 18-month-old, Wow! this thing. It had never been off-road. It was absolutely pristine and like 10,000 miles on the clock. And I said to him, I said, I weren't thinking of bringing it back. I was thinking about buying one as well. I said, but well, you know, you've made your mind up for me. I said, I'm going to go somewhere else and spend my money. So, oh, no, no, sit down and let's have a chat. I said, no. I said, your service is appalling. Your attitude's appalling. <laughs> and I'll go spend my money somewhere else. I went off and bought myself an X5 for the for the wife, which, which I then kept. So you bought an X5 and it, it kind of... Brings me back to the, the Maserati. W- were you suspicious of a BMW 4x4? Because they had, yes, they'd done four wheel drive cars. There was a, there was, I had very, very briefly a four wheel drive 5 Series Touring. Was it like the an X or something they call them, don't they? They X- called it X Drive. Yeah, they call it, I think they called it X Drive. Yeah. I had it so briefly that. Um, it was mainly the styling that appealed because when the X5 came out at first, it looked like no other four before, did it? It was like the the more aggressive, you know. The, it was probably like the beginning of what we term as an SUV now, because the Range Rover was just big and boxy. Mm. I had uh, before before the Land I had uh, before the Range Rover I had a Land Toyota Land Cruiser. Yeah, I think you're right because if people were genuinely using an SUV for what an SUV is supposed to be for, yep. for outdoor pursuits, towing a horse box, towing yep. a jet ski, yep. um, going into fields to retrieve sheep or children <laughs> or, yep. you know, whatever you've left there, yep. then the Land Cruiser and the Land Rover and the Daihatsus and the Subarus of this world dominated that. But I think you might yep. be right, Mick. I think the first time that I thought... Here is a, a two-box car, an expensive two-box car, 
with a lot of standard kit, quite luxurious interior, yeah. and four-wheel drive capability that's never going off-road in yeah. its whole life. Yeah. It was the X5. It was the X5, yeah. Because he had the sporty seats, the sporty look. Everything about it. I mean, on-road handling. Yeah, it handled well, but driving along on the potholed roads like Watling Street... You know, it was a backbreaker. You know, the, the road, the, that ride was very, very hard in mm. it. And I, I progressed from having the early shape to the newer shape. I ordered a new one. I've had three brand new X5s. And I went on to have the later one. They're all the three-litre diesel, you know, the, the standard model. Mm. So, but uh, I just thought it looked a completely different thing. They were a different style, weren't they? What so. was the first diesel car that you owned? Because I've, I've got a story about mine. First diesel car? I'm not a great fan of diesel, to be honest. I'm not. No, I just, I, I, it's always got to be. I mean, I, I, when I bought the Range Rover... Well, here's Rover, the thing. The, the Land Cruiser was a four-litre petrol. Absolutely loved it. Because I walked into the showroom, and, I, and the new Land Cruiser come out, and I went in, and the guy said, I'm really sorry, we've only got a petrol. And I went, you've only got a petrol? I love that. And he went, <laughs> you what? I said, he said, are you serious? I said, you're dead right. I said, I said, how big a petrol is it? He said, it's a four-litre. I said, absolutely perfect. Where do I sign? I love this. And this bloke who thought this silver thing with these black leather seats was going to sit in his showroom forever... All of a sudden, I walked in and that was me, and I wanted it. And everybody else was buying the 2.4 D4D thing or whatever mm. they are, 2.5. I really don't know because I don't have any interest in them. So. I, I had a friend uh, who, he was older than the rest of us, like the Fonz. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. The Fonz was way older than the others <laughs> in Happy Days, wasn't yeah. it? What was all that about? Don't know. And his oh, CRB checked. Hold on. His <laughs> office was the girls' toilets. There you go. That's what I just mentioned. <laughs> you can just imagine Joni Cunningham going, I'm just popping down to the diner where that creepy old guy takes yeah, us into in his girl, leather. In his leather jacket, takes us yeah. into the girls' toilets and makes sure that nobody else goes in. Yeah. What was all that about? Anyway, <laughs> he was older than the rest of us. And we used to go to. Um, have you ever been to a Northern Soul all nighter? I'm not a Northern Soul fan, to be honest. Right, I don't well, get it. All that talcum powder on the floor and spinning around on your back, it's just not I, me. I don't think I, I was in the end. But. <laughs> Um, I thought it was a cool thing to do at one point, and we'd, we'd travel the country going to these all-night discos, yeah. effectively. And in the UK, that was a big deal, because most places shut at midnight or 2am. Yeah. So if someone was open until 8am, yeah. you know, it was, like, quite a big deal. And we used to travel around in his Ford Granada estate, but at some point, somebody had removed the original V6 petrol engine yeah. and put in... Perkins diesel engine, oh. and I don't think that that Perkins was intended to be used in a passenger car. I don't no. know what it was out of. It was out of a boat, or it was out of a, yeah. a, a wagon, a truck, yeah. or something like that. And it was noisy, and it was dirty, yeah. and the car vibrated like slow. Oh yeah, I can't imagine how slow it would have oh, been. Un- unbelievable. Because yeah. what what he'd do is he he'd say, right lads, to the rest of us, he said, I'm off to the, uh, I'm off to the. All nighter in Morecambe or Skegness. Yep. They always seem to be seaside resorts. Yep. I think they had different licensing laws there, <laughs> so they could stay open later. Who wants to come? And we all knew the deal. Everybody had to put in. Everybody had to put a tenner in. Yep. So he'd squeeze five of us, including himself, into this Granada, and off yep. we'd go. And it, it didn't really accelerate. It kind of gained momentum. Yeah. You know, like lava coming down the side yeah. of a volcano. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. moved at that sort of yeah. speed. So that put me off diesel for a long time. But then I got, and it's. I think it was one of the greatest diesel cars that's ever been uh, sold in Europe. The BMW 525 TDS. Right. Yep. What a great engine. The one that ran on vegetable oil. Yep. And that was that was quite a funny thing, wasn't it, in the UK when people worked that out? When yep. people worked out 
How long ago would that have been when people started putting veg oil in diesels? The early Mercs and the early Peugeots and everything, people used to do it, didn't they? So probably well, you had, to have, you had to have the Bosch fuel pump. It right. had to be. Most diesels wouldn't run it. You either had to have the Bosch fuel pump right. or you had to change it. The, the, the Japanese stuff wouldn't run right. on veg oil. But that BMW came with that Bosch fuel pump that the others used to... If you had a, a Mitsubishi Pajero or you yeah. had a Land Cruiser or whatever, they'd switch the yeah. Bosch, Bosch pump onto it. But the BMW already had it. And I only ever did it once. <laughs> and I did it for a, a journalistic reasons. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't do it to save money. I went to the Netto in Bury <laughs> and bought a, 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 a pallet full of vegetable oils right. and started pouring it into... We took a picture of me pouring veg right. oil into my BMW. Outside did it run uh, okay, yeah? Yeah, of course it did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, diesel really doesn't want to burn, does it? It's not the best fuel, it, is it? Has I know to, the diesels it has are to good be, now. Yeah, but. it has to be persuaded. Yeah. Yeah, but here's the thing with diesels now, dual-mass flywheels. Oh, If there's yeah. ever an example of built-in obsolescence, they knew yeah. that those things yeah. were like, it was like putting a light bulb at the centre of the car. <laughs> It would come on every day for yeah. 10 years, and then one day it won't come on, yeah. and you had to throw the car away. Yeah, yeah. And they It were loved... like a self-destruct oh, yeah. item in a car. And, and how many pals um, would you have, as I have, who would gloat about their Audi diesel yeah. or their VW... Well, VW Audi, it's the same thing. Yeah. Have you ever been to a tractor pull? No. Oh, it's great. Right. Oh, I heartily recommend yeah. it. I went to my first one last year um, near Preston. And it was the real deal. The Scandinavians came over, right. and they are big-time tractor pullers. I mean, the stuff that they build. Right. We're talking like three, four, full-race, drag-race via Hemis. Oh, in, in a, one thing, yeah. In, in a single vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the amount of noise. And, and, and I'll yeah. tell you what, I, I got there at about five o'clock, and it's the middle of summer. And my mates, and I was, I'd had enough after about two or three hours, and my mate said, no, no, you have to wait till it goes dark. I was like, oh, mate, I'm tired, I want to go home. And he went, no, no, I'm glad. All the flames going I'm glad I stayed. It was fantastic. And here's the thing, unlike a lot of motor racing or motorsport, everything happened right in front of everyone that was watching. Right. I remember the first time my dad took me to Alton Park. Previous to that, my only experience of motorsport was watching Speedway at Bellevue. Did you ever go to Bellevue to the Speedway? No. Bellevue Aces. Peter Collins in the 70s when it was a big deal and it was on TV on a Saturday afternoon. And we used to go to Bellevue to watch the Speedway. And, of course, Speedway, quarter-mile track, all happens in front of every single person that's watching. You see the whole race. Yeah. Went to Alton Park for the Gold Cup or something like that. They come past... They wait for them to go around again. Yeah. <laughs> and then they disappeared. Yeah. I'm about eight or nine. I'm thinking, where they? I'm like, Dad, where have they yeah. all gone? Yeah. Well, they'll be back in a minute. And the the Tannoy's like, Like this, you're like, what is going yeah. on? This is rubbish. <laughs> and I realised that there are two kinds of sport in Britain. Which are? Posh people's sport and normal people's sport. Right. Normal people's sport, football, rugby league, speedway, yep. greyhound racing, it all happens in front of you. Banger yep. racing, yep. it all happens in front of the paying spectator. Posh people's sport, cricket, polo. Yep. I went to the Henley Regatta once. You, you see the boat coming from the distance. Yep. <laughs> the rowers, they go past you. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're having a Pims yeah. and, a, and a sandwich, a cucumber sandwich with a corner's cough. Yeah. They go past you. Nobody watches it. No. Nobody watches well, it. Most people support more about the event than the actual sport, and I think exactly. that's, that's where the problem lies. No, exactly, Michael. It's mm. nothing to do... The first test match I went to, yeah. I went to the test match at England versus Australia at uh, Old Trafford, and the seats... Tiny men in the distance. Yeah. <laughs> no screens or anything <laughs> like that. So you'd, you'd hear, clock, like this, and yeah. then you'd go. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'd go back to whatever conversation you were yeah. having. I had a fantastic time. Got epically drunk yeah. on a Tuesday and didn't have to go to work. But I realised, and, and it's the same with motor racing, posh people's motor racing is for the people taking part, not for the people watching. Yeah. If you can see the whole thing, then it's blue collar. I went yeah. to Daytona, to right. the Speedway at Daytona in Florida, and the guy told me how many people it can accommodate, and it was mind-blowing. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was it was twice as many yeah. as they'd have at Manchester, amounts of money Manchester United. In it as well, and he they? said, and every single person can see the whole of every yeah. lap. And I was like, yeah, that's because this is blue-collar motorsport. Yeah. If it's if it's posh people's white-collar motorsport, they're like, who cares what yeah. the, you know? Should like I just here for the event, the peak into yeah. Paris or something yeah. like that. You sort of you're on the you're on the step in Uzbekistan and yeah. like they yeah. come past you in a <laughs> Delahaye or something like that. And you, yeah. hey, and then yeah. they gone, they're gone. That's it. I must. I was driving along the other day and I had to smile. There was an S class and I thought I like an S class. I was following this S class and I got up close and I thought, what does that say on the back of it? And it was a newish vehicle, like with two year old or something. Way, not even that. And it had in the little nice chrome letters on the back, plug in hybrid. And I thought, when you turn up in an S-Class, which is like the, the choice of champions kind of thing, isn't it? you're pulling this, and it, right across the back it says, plug-in hybrid, written across the back. I just thought it was a, you know, it demeaned it, really. I just think, you know, fair enough, it's a hybrid, but do you have to tell everybody it needs plugging in? A friend, <laughs> a friend of mine um, lent me a car that was in his charge, and it was the, because uh, I was a huge fan, and had three of them, of the Mercedes SEC. I had yeah. a 500. Love them, yeah. And I had two 560s. That's the one. Full fat. The 560. Yeah. What a car. Yeah. I bought the, the, the second 560 that I had was black. There were very few of them that were black. Black with black leather. Yeah. Oh, my God, what a car. I bought it. I bought it off Evil Bear. And um, the picture, there was one picture, but it was in front of this very grand house. And I thought... I know. I've got mates who do that. Yeah. <laughs> they take the car. If they're selling the car, yeah. they take it to the biggest house locally, see yeah. if there's anybody about. And if yeah. there isn't, Back they just yeah, snap, yeah. snap, yeah. snap, snap. But I thought, that car goes with that house. Yeah. I bet the guy who owns that vehicle also owns that house. Yeah. And there was a number. And I think with eBay, if there's a number, I always call it. Yeah. I don't know why everybody doesn't do that. The guy's put the number there. I call yeah. him. So yeah. I called him. And yes, it was his car. And yes, it was his house. And yes, he had been a director of Coop's Bank. The right. Queen's Bank. Yeah. Coop's. Millionaires only, old boy. Millionaires. Well, <laughs> more than that now, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. Famously, Coop's would only have you if you had a million pounds to deposit. Right, I think yeah. I think now yeah. it's significantly more. Um, and it had been his company car. And he, he hadn't, many years previously, and he'd bought it from the company and stuck it in a barn. And we went into the barn and there it was. And there was a 911 GT. The guy was well into his 70s. A 911 GT3, two Triumphs, yeah. <laughs> two Triumph motorcycles. <laughs> and uh, we, we went into the kitchen of this grand house to do the paperwork and all that. And he was, they'd given it a name, him and his wife. They called it Cobra. 
And, and his wife yeah. was like, because it had, it had a sticker in the window saying, protected by Cobra Oh, the alarms. old alarms. Yeah, yeah, yeah Cobra alarms. Them, yeah. And his wife was like, I will soon miss seeing Cobra about the place. <laughs> you know, it was one of, the, one of those jobs. I love that car. But that new in its day, it was probably like, I don't know, probably 100 grand's worth of car in that. They were like proper over-engineered, overpriced. Phenomenal what motor a, car. What a motor car they are, though, aren't they? Oh, yeah. good grief. I, I, yeah. It, I ru- well, not ruined it, but I saw a set of 20-inch Brabus wheels right. on Eva, and I thought, I am having them. Right. So I did a bit of research and found out how much they would have cost new. Yeah. And it was... Oh, it made your eyes water. It was thousands of yeah. Deutschmarks or Euros or whatever yeah. it was at the time. Um, and I ended up buying them for something like 250 quid, the set. Yeah. And they needed refurbishing, so I had them, pe- get this, I had them painted body colour. It was the 90s, yeah, Mick. Yeah. Give me yeah. a break. It was the 90s. I can almost see Jan Hammer in the background. <laughs> I, had them, Vice. I had them painted body colour, and I had I had some spaces made, machined by right. a, a guy who That's built insane. custom choppers. Yeah, because yeah, it didn't have much torque going through those back wheels via that 5.6 litre no, V8, did it? No. And it absolutely ruined the car. Yeah. The, these giant wheels. I mean, back then, 20s were giant. Yeah. Um. And it ruined the, the ride. It kills the ride straight oh, away, doesn't straight it? Straight away. Yeah. And also, the car would try and drive itself. Yeah. Like it'd just yeah. feel the road surface and It'd go feel like oh, it's autonomous and it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it was like an early <laughs> experiment in <laughs> autonomous driving. The car would just yeah. find Dragging its own you way. Over the road, I was yeah. cu- it was like look it, the part, but don't drive it. It was like trying to control a recalcitrant toddler yeah. who's who's on a mission. Yeah. They've, they've seen a doggy or they've seen yeah. an ice cream shop or something. And, and you were like, no, come back, all the time with this steering. And I, hate, I, I I took the wheels off, sold them separately, sold the car. A guy came from Germany for the car in an S600, an right. S600 towing, nice. towing a trailer for the for the SEC. <laughs> you didn't see that too many S600s with a tow bar towing V12, a trailer. Yeah, yeah, V12. V12. Yeah, V12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, where was I? I took the wheels off, I sold them, I sold the car. And to this day... People said to me, oh, I love that Mercedes you had with those yeah. big wheels on. And you think, it was all, I, don't, I don't go, it was horrible to drive. I go, yeah, yeah it was great. Yeah, fantastic, yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. That pillarless coupe. But as you say, the S600, the V12, that was um, the car that my friend uh, let me use for a while. And um, it was just a phenomenal car. Yeah. But it was the coupe, it was the two-door. Yeah. It didn't look that great. It didn't look as good as an SEC, the 600, yeah. the V12. The big big square pointy one, you mean, don't you? The S600, was yeah. a pointy car. I went to I wanted to buy one. It was it was white with the big wheels on and everything. What colour was the interior? Uh, Not white, don't say no, white. No, it wasn't white. I think it was some oddball magnolia kind of... Do you know you used to drive a white car with a white interior no. around Manchester? Go on. Think of a think of a famous singer from Manchester who you wouldn't think would drive a white car with a white interior. Morrissey. It was Morrissey. Yeah, well guessed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I used to work in Hale, where right. where he lived, and I'd see him. The first time I saw him getting out of it, it was a what was white, it? White what? Clipper. VW Clipper. Oh, right. You know the Carmen Carmen the, the convertible thing. Yeah, the convertible. Yeah. White white interior, white wheels. It was like the oh, sort well. of car that you'd have expected, perhaps. I'm going to be stereotypically, but a successful lady hairdresser yeah, to drive. Correct. Yeah. And there he was, the, you know, 
the uh, the king of the yeah the king of miserablism yeah driving around in this I'd be pretty miserable if I were driving around in that though I'll be perfectly honest <laughs> well when I saw him in it the first time I thought he must just be he's borrowing his wife's car yeah that's that's the stereotypical well, thing see, that you think isn't I it? seem yeah. to remember some photographs black and white obviously if you don't know who Morrissey was he was the lead singer of the Smiths a very successful band to come out of Manchester and he's still uh, he's a very controversial figure now yeah. But, I saw him. Don't about eat he, meat in his company. No, he's 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 a he's a he's a strict, and <laughs> I mean just, strict yeah, vegetarian. Yeah. Um, but he's still great. I saw him about yeah. a year ago. I got dragged along, and he was fantastic. But I remember seeing some pictures of him with um, black and white photographs of him posing with a mercury coupe. You know the old sort of lead sled with the with the yeah. roof the roof yeah. chop. That'd be yeah, that's what I, yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's what I yeah. expected him to be driving, yeah. and there he was in, in a this, Volkswagen Clipper. In a Volkswagen Clipper. But no, the, the so the pal of mine who'd lent me the S six hundred, the S six hundred. When he took it back, I said, he said, oh, I've sold it. Uh, I said, right. So I said, he said, I need it back. I said, fine. So he came to collect it, and I said, how much you've got for it? And he said, nineteen hundred. Yeah. And I was like, £1,900, less than £2,000 for this magnificent, magnificent machine. This this jewel of automotive engineering with its phenomenal V12 engine. Double glazed windows. Double glazed windows. They didn't have the little parking bars, the little antennae that came out of the back wheel. The back uh, back yeah, wing when you put it did. into reverse, yeah. little rods came out of the back with a light on, with a light, so you could tell that was a real original part distance control, wasn't it? Because then you could tell where the back of the car was. Nineteen self closing doors, possibly. I mean, people talk about the value of cars, and we were we were talking about um, that uh, Sierra Cosworth that sold you the day for eighty thousand pounds. Yeah, eighty. It'll look hold on two years time. It'll look cheap. Ford Sierra Cosworth. Yeah. Was seven thousand miles from new though, wasn't it? It yeah. was a proper barn find. Yeah. Eighty thousand pounds it's all for. But is it yeah. if you drove it, it's no biggie. I mean no. you know, it's back in the day, yeah. I'll tell you what was um what was worth the money and is still a cheap car and I don't know why, Lotus Carlton. Yeah. And I have Little no car, idea. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Oh, they were yeah. better than good. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I honestly think that Vauxhall, because it was a Vauxhall, they called yeah. it a Lotus Carlton, yeah. um, based on the Vauxhall Carlton GSI 3 litre, bored out to 3.6 yeah. twin turbos, 400 horsepower, 180 mile an hour top speed. In the late 90s, a yeah. Vauxhall Carlton, a Lotus Carlton, would walk away from a 911 or a Ferrari 348 yeah. with five people yeah. in it. <laughs> it was the Tesla of its day, it was, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It was the performance car yeah. that that sports car drivers dreaded meeting on the road. Yeah. I think I told you, I was in a Lotus 111, which is the fastest road car that Lotus have ever made. Yeah. And a Tesla coming up, I saw it coming through traffic and I thought, what's that? Yeah. And it's in the wing, because the Lotus has got no doors, no roof, and a great wing on the back. Right. right? Yeah. One-seater car. I mean, extreme, extreme. Yeah. I thought, what's that? I thought, oh, bloody hell, it's a Tesla. <laughs> like this. So I put the hammer down, and I managed to get rid of him eventually. But I did think, even as I was driving back at a more moderate pace, he's got five seats. Yeah. <laughs> so his I friends even, can enjoy it too. I haven't even got a roof or doors. <laughs> he's got five seats. Yeah. Those things are crazy. Yeah. And back in the day, if you were a Ferrari man or a Porsche owner, if you came across a Vauxhall Carlton, my yeah. friend... You were going to get your ass yeah. kicked. <laughs> I've got some old VHS video 
that I shot of me in a Lotus Carlton climbing into the back seat to get a better shot of the instruments right. at an indicated 180 miles an hour. Right. Because there was that much room inside. Yeah. yeah. And they went round corners and they stopped. And it was a proper part-spin car, that. Yeah. Because it was... I mean, it looked fantastic. And when you drove it, it felt very together. You know, everything went with everything else. The steering, the brakes, the performance of the engine, the chassis control. It all felt like it had... And it had by Lotus. They'd done a brilliant job. But it really was a silk purse made out of a sow's ear. Because I think it was... It was Holden Limited Slip Diff, Corvette Gearbox. They just raided the GM parts yeah, what bin. What left over? <laughs> what have we got? <laughs> oh, we'll get this off a of Holden, this yeah. off a of Corvette, this yeah. off a, an Opel uh, Commodore. Yeah. No, Holden Commodore. That was a great car. How much, the, how much were they when they were new then, going back to... What were they, mid-80s? It was the Yuppie era, wasn't it? So No, later than that, was mate. Uh, Mid-90s. Mid-90s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, early to mid nineties. So, what, how much would they have been then? I remember Omegas being like thirty grand or something when they come out the MV sixes. I stuff think like they that. were. I think they were forty five thousand pounds right. when they were introduced, and the reason I think that is because I've just written an article about it, <laughs> <laughs> which is why I was able to trot yeah. out all that other information. <laughs> no, because I was reading there were questions in the house about the Lotus Carlton, you know. And it's that's a very British thing, isn't it? They got up in the Houses of Parliament and said. Um, is it right and proper that people should be able to buy this car that has a top speed of 180 miles an hour and has five seats? And they were might as well saying, Those, that sort of performance should be kept for Aston Martins and Ferraris <laughs> and proper yeah. cars that are driven by the likes of us. It's no good giving the general yeah. public 180 yeah. miles an hour. No good will come no. of that. <laughs> you know, it was a yeah. very it was a very sort of uh, snobbish attitude yeah. to take, yeah. wasn't it, really? Yeah. Because famously, there was one Lotus Kelton, 40RA was the registration, and it got used in a load of robberies. And it got to the point where these guys that were using that for robberies would drive past police stations deliberately. Right. <laughs> because the Carlton, the Carltons that the police had, the three-litre GSI, yeah. I think that topped out at about 150. Um, and it was something like 200 and, 250 brakes. So it was way down on the 400 that the, that yeah. the Lotus had. It ran away from the West Midlands police helicopter. It was that fast. <laughs> what a car. What's the best car you've owned? <sighs> I don't know. The different ones for different reasons. I've owned everything. Well, not everything, right, but loads okay. of different things. Yeah. Well, we all, I'd say that, because it's a stupid question, because yep. if yep. somebody asked me that, I'd say, well, what's it yeah. for? Yeah. Um, it's like with bikes, the same. They say, yeah. what's the best bike you've ever ridden, Steve? Mm. And I say, well, it depends. Are, yeah. are we entering the Scott trial? <laughs> or, are we go, or are we going around the Nürburgring? Yeah. There's a, I like there's to be able to try all different types. I'm not a sports car fan, I don't, because of my size and everything. So I, I have no real interest in the actual speed, going fast, well, etc. Well, the thing is, we should, we should mention that, because you are a big, big man. Yeah. How big are you, 6'5"? Six, 6'7". Six seven. Six, seven. Yeah, so getting in a lot of vehicles is... Quite problematic. And you're not exactly svelte, are you? No, you're, no you're, too many Stellas and Curries. Yeah, yeah, but, so, yeah. yeah, but you're a broad man yeah. in every respect. Yeah. So have there been cars that you've just that you've wanted, but you just can't fit in? There must be. Yeah, I went to buy an Aston Martin DB9 once after, after they had the Range Rover. I wanted an Aston Martin. I thought, right, I, you know, I want the whole Aston Martin thing. So I went to look at one metallic black with parchment leather. Oh my God, look at this thing! Can I have the keys for this? Couldn't get in it. <laughs> Don't get in it. I said, put one leg in. Put, I said, listen, she said, I'll put seat back. I said, it's back as far as it'll go. So she tried putting the seat back. I said, it won't, couldn't fit in it. Could not physically get in an Aston Martin DB9. Just too big. 
So I went off and bought myself a Bentley Flying Spur. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> would a Bentley not be more your... Uh... Yeah, but the con- I looked at the Continental first, but that, again, all of, when, even with the seat down to the bottom, I was looking at the top of the windscreen and I couldn't cope with the driving position and I felt the roof was better on the Continental, the, the Flying Spur. And the Flying Spur, again, it had the, the accolade of being the fastest four-wheel drive. Uh, no, the fastest four-door car available at the time, didn't it, with a 6-litre W12 engine in. And it had just come out. It was on a 55 plate. So I bought one of them. In dark sapphire it was. Lovely. Mick, why do you change your cars? How many cars have you had? Hundreds. Literally hundreds. Literally have you ever, hundreds, Have yeah. you ever sat down and written down? I started and then I got bored. But I started from, <laughs> from my early days. My problem is I look, I look at something. I think, well, I like that. I'm going to have one of them. Then I get one. Then I don't drive it. Because I just... I don't really like because I don't like driving particularly. I like going to the pub. I like going out for meals and stuff. But I, I like going on holiday. But I'm not really interested. I like the cars. I like looking at them. If I had me way, I'd have like thirty of them just lying around. But I'm not particularly interested in driving them. So but. my a pal of mine, um, who's from the same town as us, works for one of the Rolling Stones. Who right. doesn't? Who doesn't drive? Right. And she said that he had a small collection of classic cars, classic British yep. cars. And he liked to sit in the back seat, listening to jazz right. and smoking, because right. he, he, well, like, he wasn't allowed to smoke in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and she said he had these cars, and they never went anywhere. Right. But they were maintained so that, and you know, yeah. so that it was a nice place for him to sit, and listen yeah. to his jazz music, and yeah. smoke cigars. Yeah. No, I buy them, and I think, if I like this, I'm going to keep this, and then I don't. And I, I don't know what it is. Some one day I just get up and I think, right, it's got to go. And then I get rid of it and get something else. I'm just a nuisance. And I, lo- I lose loads of money. You know, it's, it's just a joke, really. What's the most money you've lost in a car? Go on, uh, be honest. The Bentley was pretty high up there. He's, the, the... He's, sorry, Mick's second name is Honest. That's why I said. <laughs> it's called Mick Honest. And I said, go and be honest. And he, 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 he didn't even, didn't think he like didn't that, even no. twig. But go on. I gave... Uh, the Range Rover was pretty catastrophic. That was £67,000 when I bought it. And when I chopped in, I got 22500 for it. 18-month-old, so that blew like 40-odd grand. Mm. The Bentley, would give, I gave 127000 for. And when I got rid of it with 11,000 miles on the clock, I got 54000 for it. <laughs> so there are some quite bitter pills to swallow. <laughs> there's nothing else like it, is there? No. There's, there's nothing else that people buy, no. men, mainly men, yep. that men buy... For stupid reasons yep. that lose so much money. But I think it's because it's a big ticket item and you see the money. You see it there, don't you? It's like, I like going out and I spend a lot of money on alcohol and curry and stuff like that. So over a year, I spend an awful lot of money. So I've got a Maserati and I think the Maserati will probably lose £30,000 over three years, probably more. But I'll quite, quite happily rattle through £30,000, £10,000 a year in beer, curry, holidays, you know, I'll get through that, but because it's disappearing weekly, I don't mind it, and I'm enjoying myself. But when I get rid of the Maserati and I remember what I've paid for it, <laughs> and what this little snivelling <laughs> oik at whichever dealership I end up at offers me, and I want to drag him across the counter and smack him for offering me like twenty-one grand for this car that's never been anywhere and be pristine, and I always buy the best spec that I can find as well. It's always got to have everything on it. You know, I'm a proper, you know, if they try, if you want to sell me something, you want the one with the pan roof, don't you? Yeah. You know, whatever it is, I've got to have the extra. What's the most ridiculous extra that you've spec'd on a car? Uh, Where you've just thought, yeah, that's ridiculous, but I'm still having it. 
I can't, I don't know. I mean, little things annoy me, like 300 quid to have the brake, the brake calipers painted a colour and stuff like that. I think that's quite annoying, isn't it, really? But you've got to do it, haven't you? The most ridiculous <laughs> one that I ever remember was a car that we've mentioned, the X5. And we always, when we were given, uh, and still today, given a vehicle for testing, we'd always try and work out what extras they'd sneaked yeah. onto the test car without us noticing. So we'd, we'd have a good look around the car. Yeah. And we'd um, we'd call the manufacturer and say, um, "Excuse me, uh, we seem to have some very nice overmats in this car, are they?" Yeah. Oh no, they're extra, they're extra. Yeah. So um, we had an X5, and I noticed that it wasn't standard for the wheel. It was standard for the wheel to be adjustable up and down electronically, yeah. powered up yeah. and down, but not in and out. The yeah. car that we had had Did was both. adjustable yeah. in and out. So we called them, and they seemed reluctant to, to sort of <laughs> to give us a price because we wanted to say this car has tested. Yep. You know, that's what we did. This car has tested; yeah. it cost you X amount. What they would tell us is how much the standard car would cost, and then it was up to us. It's yeah. a little game that we yeah. play. Um, it was nine thousand pounds. What have you steering wheel come towards you? Yeah. When she told me on the phone, the le- nice lady from BMW, she seemed. She's, I could tell that she was blushing yeah. with embarrassment. Yeah. She told me. She, so I said, "So do we? Have we got a figure for that? Sorry, we're we're very, you know, we're pushed for time, and we could really do with knowing." Yep. It's um, it's it's nine thousand pounds. Could you say that again, please? Writing <laughs> <laughs> it down. Yeah, it's nine thousand pounds. What? Just so the wheel will go in and out? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then I thought, wow. But yeah. you would have been the guy. Yeah, who I said, would. Oh yeah, I want yeah. the wheel to go. Well, in I got out. I got sold. The idea, the Bentley. It said, you want the the, the better the two seats in the back. I said, what do you mean? So we have the two seats in the back. You can have like a drinks thing in the middle. Oh yeah. So I said, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Not knowing it was about four grand extra to have one less seat. <laughs> <laughs> and did you get the little drinks covered? No, because that was extra. This, they had like some old ball control. Oh, hold on a minute. So you went for the two seat option instead of the three seat. Yeah. So you could have the drinks covered, but didn't, didn't get the that. drinks covered. No, because that was something ridiculous. Like twenty five grand extra. Yeah. And what? Whenever would you be in the back of that car? Well, the, the problem was, is at the time I thought, right, I've made it. I can have something to drive me around. Ah. So I had a driver. Right. But then it was all well and good if just me and my missus wanted to go out. But when two, when another couple wanted to come with me, they couldn't fit in it. Right. So we were narrowed down, narrowed down then, weren't we? So, mm. where did the enthusiasm for the unusual cars come from? Because that's how you and I sort of got yeah. to know each other. Through the, the weirder they are, the more oddball provenance they've got. The well, more I like them. I should I should explain that <laughs> I noticed that Mick, I like a lot of people who who have a deep and abiding I was going to say interest, I should say obsession obsession, with odd cars there are various sort of Facebook groups and websites and whatever that you can subscribe to, it's all a bit specialist it's a bit fetishistic isn't it and uh, I'd notice that you would post pictures of cars in and around Manchester and I thought who is this guy? He's got a real eye for the odd and the unusual because I'd like, I'd go that's that's odd, what the hell's that? That's unusual and I thought and then we sort of messaged each other and yeah. found out that we're both actually from the same small town, but yeah. had never previously met before. But 
Where did that enthusiasm for the oddball stuff come from? I really from, don't know. I mean, it's just looking back at different vehicles, and I, I like the idea of, of what it's been doing and why they've kept it. It's like these people who have like various cars on the drive that have never moved for years. You know what goes through their head? What goes through the wife's head? That, you know, it sat there. Why don't you get rid? You know, Tony, why has that car been there for forty years? You, eventually, you get to a point where you get rid of it, wouldn't you? What? A, right? Why okay. Did not? What about that Morris Minor in Ainsworth? The old ninety-one TTD. It's a landmark. It's not it, a Morris Minor. It's a landmark. Is it, is it still there? It was there a couple of years ago. It's I like a, an oddball, uh, like an antique blue kind of colour. It's isn't blue it? now. Yeah, it's duck egg blue. Duck egg blue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just that, after the Morris with the flowers growing out of it. That car has been parked outside that house yeah. since the early eighties. Yeah, it's been there as long <laughs> as I can remember. I just don't, I've never seen it anywhere else. That's the amazing thing. You know, you'd expect to go to Morrison's in Harwood and expect it parked there one day, but no. No. We well, can guarantee always. I'll tell you what, I'll just drive, but it's there. It's I, there. I it's am, an icon. That's I and many other people have used it to give directions. Yeah. Where people have said, excuse me, and I go, right, okay, go down here. Yep. Don't take the right turn. Yep. When you see a Morris Minor on the right, because <laughs> it's always <laughs> it's there. It's always there, yeah. It's yeah. always there. Yeah. There's a guy in Wigan. And he has got five unremarkable scruffy Peugeots. Right. Different. He's got 309, a 205, I think a 504 estate. Yeah. And I'm like you. I think, what's the story? Yeah. What's the backstory? Yeah. yeah. I can understand. I mean, if there's people deceased and they don't want to get rid of the cars, etc., I can understand that, but I don't really get why they would let them rot away in the front garden. You know, I, would, I could understand them cherishing it and putting it to one side maybe, but... You know, when people start collecting these oddball, you know, like, you know, why would you have four of the same things? You know, has he, has he got one and he wants to keep it on the road so he buys every other one he can find? As he, you know, but, I mean, there's a guy near, in uh, Unsworth and he's got... Oh, no, hold on. I know what you're going to say. He's got four Peugeot 307s all in that nail varnish pink. I didn't know they'd made that many. Mick put up a picture <laughs> and I just looked at it and thought, what's the backstory? I want to know the backstory. Four Peugeot 306, four identical Peugeot 306s, four, not one or two, all the same candy red, yeah. nail varnish red yeah. colour. Yeah. Now, the 306, I'm sure, is a cheap... Is it 306 or 307? Maybe 307. Is it 306? I don't know. I'm not a Peugeot fan, I wouldn't know. I'm not. I, no. I am of the interested stuff, yeah. but that, let's face it. If there were two or five is... GTIs, I can I can yeah. half get that. Yeah. But I just think to myself, is this is his daughter got one? Then his son, so he, he didn't feel out of place to get his son one as well. Then you know, because he didn't want to upstage his wife, get her one as well. I don't get it. <laughs> and I want to know the backstory. I love to see a contrast. I love to see like an Aston Martin yeah. on the drive, and then a Peugeot two or five, yeah, junior, yeah, on the same drive. And, and you think in a way that that's because when. I started driving, and I've probably told this story far too many times on this podcast, but I'm probably going to tell it again. My dad had a... We lived in quite a large house, and my dad had a gorgeous, immaculate... It was it was cracking on at the time, but it was immaculate um, BMW 2002 Ti. Yeah. And my grandfather, because we all lived in the same... We'd moved in with my grandparents when they got older in this big house. He had a British Racing Green Mark II Jag. Right. No. Beautiful. And he had a Triumph Vitesse convertible. Yeah. Old English white with a red leather interior. And I had a Citroen Ami. <laughs> <laughs> so if you drove past, you'd go, yeah. who's is that? Uh, 
<laughs> the weirdest thing is now, those Amis fetch strong yeah. money. Yeah. The Amis well, was the Dershavors do now, don't they? The Dershavors were just an embarrassment at the time, weren't they? Oh, the, don't the, say that. With the James Bond bullet holes and stuff like that. Mate, you're not allowed to say that. The, the Dershavor <laughs> is an all time classic, and I love, yeah. I loved, I loved Miami. Charleston's. I loved Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Miami, just, yeah. You see what I did yeah. there? So come on, you must have your what? what what's currently sort of uh, tickling your fancy at the moment in the? I, it wouldn't be a range. I went looking at Range Rovers. I wasn't overly enamoured with them, especially the price. The price is just too much. Mm. I just don't think they're worth it, and they don't look special enough. What I'm about a Bentayga? I have thought about one. I have thought about one. It'd have to be a good colour, nice quilted leather and stuff inside, because the interior means a lot to me. Well, careful. Don't don't have one in black, because the new taxis. Yeah, in black, that, like the Rolls Royce <laughs> Cullinan. Yeah, you have one of these black with black, and you'd be getting somebody mistaking you for a London taxi, wouldn't they? There's a guy here in Manchester. He often goes past here, and he's he's badged up his London taxi as a Bentayga. Has he? <laughs> he's put a bit of a grill on it, and he's put some. Yeah, you know that's the sort of thing Man- Mancunians do. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, let, let's be let's be straight. The Bentayga. It's yeah. an astonishing motor. The, the drawback to the, the Bentayga that you always get is it's the the comments that everybody gets. It's like it's it's just a glorified Twareg. Everybody will tell you, won't they? Mm. That that's it, why didn't you just buy a Q7? You know that's what somebody will ask you. Probably because I don't know into bodybuilding and sell, selling steroids. That's why I don't buy a Q7. That's what everybody seems to do, isn't it? They have <laughs> in this part of the world. The Q7 does have a bit of a reputation for being the uh, chosen transport of those who uh, make a living on the periphery of uh, polite yeah, society. Yeah, yeah. And they're often at gyms, aren't they? Yeah. 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 There should be, should be a Fabletics model, shouldn't there? Mind you, know, you. Fabletics interior on a Q7. Mind you, um, the town that we're from produced an amateur Mr. Universe, Rob Worthington, who I knew. Uh-huh. And uh, at the time, he was the reigning amateur Mr. Universe. He went to South Africa and won, won that title. And obviously a huge, huge man. Uh, he drove a Austin Metro. <laughs> <laughs> in here in a beige. Uh, I think it was uh, washing up bowl blue. Right, yeah. But it was, uh, you got inside it, and he'd broken most of the interior fixtures and right. fittings. He broke it wouldn't the, take much. Well, he'd broken the window winders off, because yeah. like, he was 58-inch chest and 22-inch yeah. biceps <laughs> or something like that. So he'd gone to do the window wind, and it just came, everything had just come off in his hand. The, the top of the gear stick had come off in his hand. Yeah. It was barely drivable. So, listen, you'll have to come in again and talk no about problem, all yeah. the, the weird stuff that you like, because I do like... I'll I'd keep like, driving around spotting all these curiosities and... Uh, like I say, with what I do, I drive around and just doing my daily business. All of a sudden, I can I see these things like jump out at me. What about that Eleanor Mustang in Berry? What's the story with that? He's just a guy who he's, he's a motorbike fan as well, and he's got that, and he's got another one. He's got he's got like a I can't think what it is like a five liter. But he's always parked outside of this terraced house in that's where he lives. Lancashire. Yeah, that's where he lives, and it's outside all the time, and it's a immaculate. Yeah, yeah. Eleanor replica. Yeah. He's a, D, he's a DJ somewhere. He does DJing and stuff. Karaoke. But that car is worth more than the house, I know, Michael. I know, I know. The car's worth more than the house yeah. that it's parked outside. Yeah. yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that that guy has got that car. Yeah. It's, it's so incongruous, though. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, we could talk. Yeah. Mick, thanks for coming no in. No problem. Love talking about cars with you and get you back in again. That's it for another episode of Steve's Speed Shop, brought to you by WarrantyWise. Get a quote for a warranty on your car today by going to warrantywise.co.uk.
speedshop.co.uk and tell your friends about Speedshop. Spread the word. We'll see you back here next week.